Welcome to the Maverick Mindset Podcast, a podcast that will explore the stories of people who have chosen to take life into their own hands, in their own way, and define what success means for them. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and maybe even learn something new. My name is Romeo Santos, and I'll be your host. This is the Maverick Mindset Podcast. Let's go. What's up, Maverick Nation? It's Romeo Santos, your host for the Maverick Mindset Podcast. Uh, Today, we've got an amazing guest. His name is Chris Lynch. Uh, He's a former bartender, very good friend of mine, and a bar burner, and you'll hear more about that during the show. Chris is an amazing artist who does incredible murals, and we're going to hear all about his story and his journey. Can't wait for you guys to listen to this amazing episode. Maverick Nation, let's go! All right, Maverick Nation, we're back at it again. We're here today with my boy, Chris Lynch. Uh, he's hello, an incredible hello. individual. And Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to jump in and uh, talk. So how you been, man? Uh, can't complain, man. You know, got some uh, blessings of weather lately. So uh, the cabin fever is being released from that snow and, well, what do we call it, snow? Just that ice and rain we had. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. I was telling somebody that the other day. I'm like, man, it's over 50 degrees and there's sun out and all the ice is melted. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So where, where are you at right now? You were telling us you're in D.C. right now, right? Yeah, right now I am sitting on my back porch uh, in Trinidad, northeast Washington, D.C. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm coming to you all from Annapolis, Maryland. So, all right. So listen, Chris, tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing right now. I know that you're doing some really cool stuff, but share with our audience everything that you're doing right now. Uh, All right. Well, (laughs) I still wonder sometimes what I'm actually doing. So to put it all in a nutshell might be kind of difficult to pinpoint. Okay. Um, We got time. As of right now, uh, I am fully supporting myself uh, predominantly on painting murals uh, in and around the DMV area. Um, I've now painted murals as far as Richmond and Tulum, Mexico. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's been a blessing. It's been a roller coaster. Um, and yeah, for about two years now, I have been able to shave off any other, uh, part-time work. Uh, and this is my, my full, my full thing now, my main thing. That's amazing. So full-time artist doing what you love. That's incredible. So yeah. T- tell us about these murals. Like if, so, if you had to describe them to, to people, what, what type of murals are we talking? So a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of the feedback I get from people is it's, uh, I have a tattoo-esque style. Mm. Um, you know, uh, commissions pay the bills. Uh, and that is um, uh, a, a great thing to have in my life. Uh, one I'm very fortunate for and I stay grateful for. But when a commission comes along, I, I got to kind of align my vision with somebody else. You know, it's uh, two people, you know, um, mm-hmm. if not more than one. Um, so with that being said, uh, I do anything and everything. Um, I, I try to uh, convey messages for people. Um, I try to bring some appeal to maybe a stagnant kind of void of, a, of an atmosphere or a room or, you know, say in a nightclub or a restaurant. Um try to emphasize a style that somebody might be trying to convey. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I had it my way, I'd probably just paint a bunch of portraits and do a bunch of graffiti lettering. Um, that seems to be where my head always goes, especially when I'm doing things just for me and mm-hmm. there's no money on the table and it's strictly, you know, my expression. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, my main move right there is uh, align with people and, and uh, you know, be an avenue in which they can, 
purchase art, but also, you know, have it uh, transcribe whatever their vision may be as well. Okay, very cool. And so wh what do you think is the coolest um, mural that you've done so far? Uh, I got to say one that still resonates like pretty hard with me right now <laughs> is um, uh, a mural I did in Tulum, Mexico. Uh, this I was hoping you were going to go there. October of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about it. So that, uh, <laughs> that was a cool one. Um, me and my girl, uh, took a vacation, okay. um, you know, with everything going on, uh, we wanted to play it safe. Uh, but also, you know, kind of realistically, there were a lot of changes going on with the pandemic. Um, you know, playing safe with the people around us, me and her lived together, uh, you know, felt comfortable taking a trip together. Didn't want to go across the ocean because what if something happens and now we got an ocean between us and home. So, uh, I was on the fence between Silitas and Tulum. Um, I'd never been to either. Uh, we had just gotten back from Colombia, uh, the country, not the city, uh, not too long before this. Um, so I wanted to go somewhere warm again. Um, mm -hmm. So we ended up settling on Tulum. It was the cenotes that sold me. Uh, so, you know, with that kind of like split decision, that pushed me over the edge. We went to Tulum. Ended up in Cancun. Uh, now, this is the thing. So I work with spray paint. So that medium uh, is my go-to. It's what I'm comfortable with. Uh, you know, I used to be a little punk kid spraying on, you know, local post office or stuff. And, you know, <laughs> just being a little, you know, a little punk. And then, you know, we met in the industry, uh, you know, nightlife industry, hospitality industry. Um, but as it returned, art returned into my life, spray paint's always been my thing. So I find myself in Cancun uh with my you know my girl in hands my bag in hand um and about two hours north of north by car from tulum okay i ended up getting online found a website that you know was in all spanish hadn't been updated for maybe a decade but found a graffiti shop now the thing is uh with spray paint uh i tend to lean towards these newer cans you know when i was younger we would heist a few rustoleum from you know the local <laughs> Shit. Now I think about it, it's probably Heckinger's now is what they would call oh, it there. Oh, yeah, Heckinger's, yeah. So uh, it's either Heckinger's or Home Depot. Um, but now they, it's beautiful. They have these cans, and they're they're geared towards artists. You know, they're low-pressure cans, you know, all these interchangeable caps. I mean, it's come a long, long ways just from, you know, being a punk kid, heisting Rust-Oleum that they use on patio furniture and, you know, running a muck in your town. <laughs> so they have these great cans that are geared so uh, – I figured, you know, this is an international thing. Everybody loves art, you know, transverses everything. And I've seen, you know, on social media, graffiti artists that I follow as far as like, you know, uh, um, you know, from, from Spain to, uh, you know, France. So I gave it a shot. I found a graffiti shop in Cancun. Um, like I said, I hadn't been updated in 10 years. Um, <laughs> I get into Cancun. Girl in hand, bag in hand, meet my driver, say, I need to get to this shop, give him the address, a bit of a language barrier. Uh, and then I need to go south two hours down to Tulum. How much? Uh, he was mad cool, ended up taking him to lunch. Uh, you know, we get into Cancun, it's like 30 minutes from the airport. We, um, we pull up, the shop is non-existent. We're in this small little oh, courtyard no. market. It doesn't even exist. You know what I'm thinking? Ah, well, you know, Bite the bullet, you know, just enjoy your vacation. Not a big loss, right? So you don't get the paint, no big. So it turns out there's a tattoo shop across the street. Um, 
I go inside. We're going to ask him a question. Do you know what happened to this shop? Because the barbershop next door to the supposed address, you know, they didn't know where, where the place went. So the tattoo shop says, oh, that used to be ours. Uh, you know, it, it went under. Uh, and as my, my driver's uh, communicating with the, uh, the dude at the counter, I see all these dusty cans in the back. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, like gold pot, you know, gold mine. But um, the thing was, is I think I was the only person in there to buy cans in the last like 10 years. Uh, they had dust on tops. So they didn't even like there's staples, right? Like yeah. the black and the white is like a staple, um, you know, for outlines, making things pop highlights with the white. And those don't exist. So I have no image in my head of what I want to paint. I have no blacks, no whites. I'm a little limited. And it was it was going to test me, man. So uh, I, I took the challenge. I figured I'm in Mexico. I want to show some love, pay some homage to a dope country that's, you know, welcoming me with open arms. And um, I got, you know, a bunch of colors uh, from from the Mexican flag. I got the, uh, the red. I got some lightest gray I could find. They did have one of those uh, and some some red and green. Um, <laughs> we uh, make the purchase, end up down in Tulum. Me and my girl have a great vacation. Uh, now we live together. We're very mature about things. We just like to communicate. So I look at her and I say, babe, I got these cans. I've been dragging around from one Airbnb to the other. Uh, you know, do you mind if I take our final day and go find a place to paint? She said, no, not a problem. I'll go hang by the beach. Um, now, when I was in Tulum, there's artwork everywhere. I was like, this is dope, you know, and I'm thinking, I, it looks like some, some of the artists I could recognize, and they're big names. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking they had to have either, you know, just paying homage or they were like contracted. I'm not sure. I figured I know my path and, you know, who's to say with the little bit of Spanish I know, I can't find somebody and say, I'll paint something, you know, beautiful for you for free just to say thank you because I'm here in your country and in your town. Is that cool? So that was my whole MO. Uh, we go out one day, uh, I meet my driver, um, you know, by this time him and I had become pretty close over the week, you know, like be times we made a pit stop for food. And I just invite him in, you know, like yeah. it's weird to me if you're going to sit in the car for like 45 minutes, you know, like, come on in buddy. So we're chilling. We got to be friends. Um, and on this final day, I'm telling this man, Francisco, take my girl to the beach. For me, there's this neighborhood I saw, a lot of blank walls, like center block buildings. And I got these paints, like, just drop me off and I'll fend for myself. I'll figure something out. And he asked me, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to paint something. And he's like, can I see some of your work? So, you know, beauty of the 21st century. I give him my phone, show him some of my pieces. He gets right on his phone, makes a phone call. And his buddy has, like, four little villas, beachfront. Um, and he was like, yeah, you can paint. Uh, I got a spot for you. And I was like, really? Like, just like that? He was like, yeah, no problem. Works out beautifully. I got this wall. It's got some old kind of like cracking, attacking a pirate ship boat. But it was, I mean, it was cool. But they insisted that I, I paint over it. They're like, yeah, it's cool. But like, we've seen what you do. We want you to put yours up. And that um, was just dope because my girl's like 100 paces from me right on the beach. That's I'm right awesome. on like this little dirt road, like right on the main strip there. Um, it was right by down the street from uh, some nightclub called uh, La Zebra. And it was just an honor, man. Um, I, you know, there was some kid, he's maybe 17 years old. Uh, I gave him 200 pesos and I said, you have, you know, one solid color paint, you know, just to blast it all out. 
and he had a roller. <laughs> this dude grabbed um, uh, uh, like a, a mop handle. This is a wooden handle, um, like a broom handle, I guess. Pulls out a pocket knife, says, no problem. I pay the kid. He starts shaving off the end into like a spear, jabs it into some roller because it's like he didn't even have like it didn't even have like screw threads. And I was like, man, <laughs> innovative. Like, I dig this. So he knocks it out, blasts it all in just kind of like one solid color to give me a blank canvas. And I just went in, man. I went in for like, uh, you know, like probably like good, like seven hours total. Wow. Uh, you know, at one point, like dude pulled over on his motorcycle, asked me to paint his bike. You know, I was like, dude, I got to be <laughs> in Cancun in like two hours to fly out. Um, I wish I could help, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm limited. Um, and yeah, it was just a whole day that fed me. We kicked it and got to know these people. Um, you know, just spent the day with them. Um, and it was a beautiful thing. Um, and I think the, the drive behind it was, I found out a lot about that, um, uh, part of the Yucatan Peninsula that I had never known. Um, I had no idea that, um, and this is the funny thing, because again, like, as I said, I had no vision, I had no idea. I just got colors that were the same as the flag and figured I can't go wrong if I pay homage to Mexico overall. So now I find myself in this part of Mexico that I've never been in. Um, I come to find out um, that I hope I'm not exposing myself as, you know, being <laughs> rather unworldly. I had no idea that Mayan was in, uh, a, a still a, a practice and, and utilized language. Yeah. Um, and it, it is so far from, I don't know, it's, it's not even remotely close, most of it, at least to me, it wasn't even remotely close to Spanish. You know, it was just like mm -hmm. its own thing. Um, and I found that fascinating. Um, I found it fascinating that Francisco, my driver, was passionately proud about being mine. Um, you know, uh, he had named his daughter uh, uh, like a very, very uh, traditional Mayan name. Um, beautiful name, but unlike anything. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this was just cool, like that, that Mayan blood still existed. You know, we hear like the, the, the fables as we were. I mean, I would consider them to myself when I heard about them, like fables in my time of the mines, a great civilization that almost disappeared. Right. Yet you still have people living and breathing and paying homage to the fact that they are true Mayans. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a little bit more research when I was, you know, just chilling on the couch in the Airbnb, um, you know, maybe after dinner, winding down for the night, whatever, getting ready for bed. And I, I wanted to start reading about this. And I found that not only that, but, um, you know, that this dope culture and this, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, just dope pride in the fact that they were mine, but the fact that Tulum is actually just means uh, like wall or like walled city. Mm -hmm. And the, the true name is Zama, uh, okay. which was a, a goddess in the Mayan uh, culture and Mayan religion, um, a goddess of the dawn. Um, Interesting. So I guess when the, uh, the Spanish arrived, they just saw this city, which they had, you know, the uh, indigenous people had named Tulum. Mm -hmm. But they had built walls around it for their own protection. The Spanish, um, you know, conquistadors, uh, you know, uh, the colonizers show up. They see it. And they just say, okay, walled city, we're going to call it Tulum. So that's what we know it today. And I, when I came across these things, I'm like, this is nuts. You know, like, yeah, I mean, not to everybody's parade, but there's a lot of, you know, clubs on the beach and stuff. And, you know, they're, they're making money off the tourism. But it's like, I wonder if these people are, like, aware of, like, what, grounds they're actually walking on you know like what people walked here prior to them um so I, I yeah i wanted to i wanted to do that i wanted to bring forth um something that was uh representative of the people that that 
you know, uh, inhabited that land that we love to go, you know, visit now. Um, and yeah, so I did this dope mind shaman. Um, I took this flower, uh, that I had found actually reached out to a friend of mine. Um, she's born and raised in Mexico, lives in DC now, um, reached out to her because I need some kind of like filler. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm using paint on a wall. Like, like I said, like with no vision, I had no idea, like what the square footage was going to be. Like I just nabbed up like 14 pans and figured I'll make something dope happen with this. Um, and that was a really cool challenge. Um, but you know, at the same sense, like I've done it enough to know that with these 14 cans, I wasn't going to take this wall coast to coast. So I had to kind of do like something, uh, central focused. So Mm -hmm. I did this big Mayan shaman, um, and it's, you know, maybe a portrait. He probably is, you know, from just below his collarbone to like the top of his head was probably, you know, 10 to 12 feet tall. Wow. Um, so that's the scale I did it in. And then I still had a little bit of paint left over and I had some negative space. And I was like, all right, I'm going to fill this with some foliage. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of research, reached out to a friend um, and found this flower um, that's only indigenous to the Yucatan Peninsula. Uh, it actually holds pretty uh, you know, sacred place in Mayan uh, religion and culture um, and utilized that. And it was just, I don't know, man, it was like, you know, I, I, I get it. I'm not going to like hate on anybody. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, I probably ask questions that some might find silly because I'm naive to what they do for, mm-hmm. you know, a living or with their life. But I had people be like, you know, how did you get this job? Like, how did you get paid for this? And I'm like, that's the, uh, the mix of doing what you love. Like nobody paid me. Like, this is still yeah. what I love to do. You know, I mean, if you're a, a travel writer, does that mean you're only going to the beach if you're getting paid to do it? No, you know, like it's, it's dope if you figure out a way to make a living off of it. Yeah. But yeah, that was just all love right there. Um, you know, the, the gentleman Carlos told me if I ever come back, you know, holler at him. He's got three free nights for me. And this That's was awesome. unexpected. I mean, I made it very clear, like I'm doing this like all gratis, you know, like no money. I'm not asking for money. Like, just let's get it done. Let's, this is what I love to do. And, and it all came together. And it was just uh, it was a hot day, but it was a, it was a rad, rad day, man. That was uh, that still stands out as one of the highlights for me. That's an awesome story. I, I, I heard a lot of stuff in there that I'd love to unpack. First and foremost, something that I've always known about you that I think probably now the listeners are going to hear is that there is an absolute sense consistently within you of gratitude. I've always picked that up on you. Like you've always been a very grateful person for things that come your way, for the people around you, for the things that you're around. And I think that that probably goes in a lot to your mind that helps you to be probably so creative because you're not closed off to things, right? Like you're just like, I've always admired that about you. You always are just a very open person, very grateful. So I think people are probably seeing that. But, you know, what what you did for everybody listening is, you manifested something to come to you that you wanted. Like there was no way that anybody, not anybody, very few people out there are going to say, I absolutely love doing X thing in my life. And so I'm going to this beautiful place and I'm going to do said X thing no matter what, and then do it and then actually do it. I mean, that is a really, really cool story. And then like you said, I had no vision. I had no idea what to do. And based on the gratitude that you had inside of you, you were able to pull this vision of this shaman out 
And then you're like, there's this negative space, but I wanted to, and, and you continue to be grateful for the place you were in. I want it to be something cool because you could have done anything. I've seen your talent. You're incredible. You call Thanks, people, man. you do some research and you, and you find an indigenous flower specific to the Yucatan Peninsula. And then you throw that in there. I bet you people go through that, that live there. And, and you probably bring so much love to their heart on a daily basis when they walk past and they see that. And tourists probably just think it's dope, but, but people that live there are probably like, this is so incredible. Gracias gringo right yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh real talk man i never thought about it in that sense of manifesting and like you know we we read a lot about that and I'm, I'm not gonna lie sometimes i'm like oh that hippie stuff but like you just nailed it man like it took an outside perspective to kind of open my eyes to it but because yeah in my head i felt like i'm just going through the most of what i do you know it's what i enjoy but if i knew that i was packing up and getting that you know ride back to cancun to catch my flight and i still had all my cans full I feel like a punk. It was almost like I, I I can't let that happen. Like we're this far, might as well you know take the 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 whole length, you know. I love it, and you know that that is um. I think that's a really good lesson in success in general, right? Because the the purpose of this podcast is not to celebrate people that have reached everywhere that they've gone. The purpose is to talk to people like you that are mavericks that are deciding what success looks like in their own life, right? Hmm. And I think that 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 word success gets thrown around so much and people just imagine like if you're not driving a Bentley and you're on the front of Instagram with 10 hot girls and you got a big mansion behind you that you're not successful and that's crap that's not what success is right mm -hmm. success is that feeling that I think you were able to get out from your voice as you told that story that everybody that's going to listen to this podcast is going to say man you could hear the passion and what it was that he was doing right and so you were like, I would feel like a punk if I didn't do it. And I heard this really great term the other day. It wasn't a term. It was, it was a story of a guy that was like um, talking about how he wanted success. And so the, there was an older gentleman that took him out into the water. Okay. And he was like, okay, here, no, a little bit further. Took him out into the water a little bit further. Okay, here, no, a little bit further. Took him all the way out until he could barely like keep his head above water. And then the man pushed his head down and held him there and held him there and held him there and held him there and then finally pulled him back up and looked at this other man and said you will never be successful until you want it as much as you just wanted those breaths damn right right yeah. but it's got to be on what you want right because you need to breathe and i think that that's where a lot of people get lost is like but what do you need to feel feel fulfilled doing what it is you're doing. And I think that you found it. So I think it's an awesome, awesome story. So tell us, tell us a little bit. All right. So you're, you're doing this painting now you're fully supporting yourself with the art, which I think is incredible. And it's a hard thing. Anybody that's not an artist out there, like that's a hard thing to be able to support yourself as an artist. Okay. Oh, it's nuts. It's right? nutty. <laughs> now tell, talk to us a little bit about your journey how you left some of these other things and you were able to kind of incrementally bring yourself full circle to where you can now support yourself just on your art. All right, um, man. Yeah, this is, uh, this is an interesting one. I always like talking about this one though. Um, so without getting into the nitty gritty details, um, I don't know, you had me thinking about it uh, briefly, uh, you know, what once was and what is now, um, you know, being accepting of things that I have no control over um, and trying to, you know, man up and change the things that I, I can't control that might be waning on me. Um, you know, we, I, I know the type, you know, we see the Instagram feeds and I was actually having a conversation with my girl the other day. Um, 
you know, you, you see this ultra modern house on Instagram with, uh, you know, the ultra customized Bentley in the driveway next to a Lambo and they're both matte black. Oh my gosh, that's a G wagon and it's all matte black, you know? So you got options, you know, over your $3 million worth of vehicles in the driveway. Wow. How cool is this house? It's so unique, but yet it's out in the middle of, you know, the Oregon woods. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, rain on anybody's parade and say, get real. You'll never attain that. Cause you absolutely can. Right. But I've seen people use those same images and propose them as like, you know, goals, you know, like that's success to them. But in reality, it's kind of funny, the, the, the paradox, I guess, or the contradiction that like, I know that was staged, you know, like I, I know that like a camera crew was brought in, you know, you probably rent the vehicles from, you know, exotics, you know, spot. The house is dope. You know, maybe it's on the market. It's just got built or maybe it got built for some guy who's like, yeah, I'm successful, but I got no time in my life to you know, pull my cars up and let you take pictures. And if I do, you know, you got 30 K let's get it in. Right. So it's funny because it's like, well, what is your goal? This facade? Because that's really what I'm looking at in essence, a picture of it's a facade. And I had that for a while, you know, I, I mean, we went our different ways. You knew me, uh, gosh, probably when I was like mid twenties. And, um, I I'm, I'm grateful that we always stayed in touch uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's probably a lot of things that, you know, when I was going through, like, I love you to death, Romeo, but I play a lot of things close to the chest. You know, I don't like to catch up with people and, you know, uh, say all the negative things going on. Right. So I was just kind sure. of pocketing them away. I found myself in a position where I was, you know, clearing six figures a year. Um, I was banging out 90 to a hundred hours a week in house, uh, basically turning into this more or less regional bar manager of, uh, you know, of this restaurant group. Um, I had opened three places for them, um, you know, within two months of coming on as a bartender for them, I was running their bar, you know, it was three stories, you know, the, it was crazy. Like it was three floors of the rooftop. You know, I had like a bar staff of like 50 bartenders, you know, and it was a lot. I knew how to do it. And, and I owe that to the fact that I started washing dishes at 14. I had seen and done every operation in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I was damn good at it. And I was being compensated for it appropriately. I was a train wreck and I hit it well. Um, but at the, on the outside, you know, like I turned in my old beautiful, you remember that 98 Wrangler I had mm -hmm. that old jacked up TJ. Yeah. Uh, you know, that thing was on its last legs. I'm surprised CarMax even gave me the 1700 appraisal for it. <laughs> you know, probably got chopped up the second I parted ways with her. Uh, you know, jumped into a brand new, you know, Mercedes AMG, mm. um, paying way too much money, but I had a flashy watch hanging out the window and I was a train wreck. I thought I was successful. Mm. I, I had no genuine relationships in my life, um, you know, all touch and go relationships, but, you know, I'll be damned if I didn't look successful. I had money, mm -hmm. you know, I had, everybody knew who I was, but, you know, and that, that was like how I was determining it. And it's funny because that kind of reminded me of it when you were talking about, you know, some of the uh, iconic images, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, right? And people, you know, they know what they're doing when they put these certain images up. They know why they're putting a G-Wagon up. You know, it's not an Alfa Romeo because that's not like hot to like the up and comers for the G wagon, you know, damn packing 600 horses in this like military vehicle is dope. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I was pushing towards that 
and I was doing it in with like no purpose in my life. And Mm. I, I, I really didn't care how I treated people. I didn't care. I treated myself and it was just, it was cutthroat, man. And you know, I guess I got to a point like that lifestyle. Um, I, I would say, uh, you know, 40% of my, no, maybe like 30, 30% of my overall revenue was made on uh, products that the uh, federal Johnny law does not find suitable in our society. Um, sure. You know, <laughs> I was uh, not playing by the rules, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, doing things without permits and, you know, just saying what regulation, just it ain't illegal unless you get caught. Right. Mm. So with all that being said, like it just kind of started to weigh on. Um, but I thought this is success. Keep going. Keep going. Well, I torched it, man. I mean, that's sustainable for only so long. Yeah. Um, and I, it wasn't my first rodeo. And this one was definitely an eye opener. Um, you know, I had to, uh, go before some people who, uh, I'm not a judgmental person, but these people are actually hired to judge you. So uh, (laughs) I had to go before some people like that and things started to change. Um, I got to a point where I realized like that lifestyle is still cool to me. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather watch a movie of someone living that lifestyle because nine times out of 10, they end up prematurely dead or incarcerated. And I knew that that would be an outcome unless I changed something drastically. Um, yeah. And what happened then, um, was, I don't, I don't want to divulge into too much because, you know, there are some things that kind of, they sit with Chris and they're going to go to the grave with Chris. Sure. Um, and it, but in a nutshell, it was me becoming a little bit more spiritual, a little bit mm-hmm. more like, shut up, listen to what's going on around you, you know, listen to like, as corny as it may sound, listen to the universe. Yeah. Like the universe will give you the same test over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. until you pass really. Yeah. And I found myself in that situation. You know, like I said, it wasn't my first rodeo. I had been here before. And every time I showed back up before these people that we actually pay to judge, it seemed like the consequence is always greater and greater mm-hmm. because they looked at what I do. They say, yeah, you've been here before. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I grew spiritually, uh, I kind of went back to art. Now, this was um, a talent I'd always had as a young kid. I always knew it. Um, you know, I had enough people tell me that I became aware that what I was doing, like in art class in third grade, was, although, you know, me being the person that I am, I'm judging it and be like, this is crap. You know, I'm just getting through the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in public school. And we're, you know, drawing pictures and stuff. I was always made very aware that what I was doing was a little bit further ahead and far superior than I should be doing at this point, you know, with sure. the, with the, the median. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to this and I started thinking a little bit more um, and now to get a little bit deep as I, had, you know, taken a more spiritual route in life. I started to understand that like in nature, like, there's certain things that humans do and yes, you know, we can, you know, they, they put pig hearts in people, you know, like anatomically we're compatible. Um, if you look at any mammal's hand from like a human to a chimpanzee, to a whale, to a bat, you know, they all have, uh, their, I might be getting the terminology wrong, but they have five, you know, metatarsals. And if you ever look at an X-ray of a whale or a bat or a human hand, they all kind of have the same structure. Mm-hmm. So we know we're, we're like them. 
but there's also certain things that we do as humans that nothing else does. Um, and that is, you know, art really for me, uh, you know, I mean, what drove that man or woman, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago to pick up some red dirt, chew it up and spit it atop their hands to make the outline of their hands inside their cave. You know, like mm. that was their home and they wanted to add to that. They wanted to accentuate on the walls, you know, like that doesn't benefit your survival in any way. Why are you doing these things? You know, mm. we operate a little differently, you know, music, things like that, you know, writing, um, you know, that, that whole next level of communication that we have, uh, you know, cinema um, and like just all those things, there's very human aspects to them, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to see, you know, wild horses in, in living in the same environment as you as like, a you know, ancient human nomad and to say like, you know what, I love these things. They, they benefit my life. I've actually brought some in and, you know, we ride them now and they're beneficial to our lives. I want to, I'm going to paint them. I'm going to use some of this water and some of this dirt and I'm going to draw what my brain perceives that horse to be on the wall of this cave I call home. It gets crazy. Nothing else is doing that. Hmm. So I, I pursued this. Uh, it was kind of like, a, I guess a re- initially like a coping mechanism for, you know, me putting the piece of my life back together after I built it up to burn it down. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, as I started to kind of like pay more respect to it, um, I, I don't know, I got this thing where kind of having me in Tulum if you love something, if you respect something, I find myself wanting to educate myself on it, um, know everything about it. So I started doing this for art and I started putting two and two together and just thinking like, this is a very human trait, you know, and it's an only a human trait and that's dope. And I've been told I was talented. So let's, let's give back to it a little bit more. You know, like I've kind of woke up and realized I had this gift that I was just kind of, you know, part of my French, I was pissing on, you know, like, mm. And I kind of, my mind changed to a responsibility to, to you, you know, to every human I've ever come across, um, you know, to take the gift that you were given and do something dope back to humanity. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, in essence, a lot of times I would hear from people, especially doing like big public works, you know, people outside during the day, you know, stopping to say hi, you know, give props to whatever I'm doing. And if I'm, not totally drowned out by what's in my headphones. You know, I stop and I chat with people. I mean, that's half the fun of doing big public murals. One resonating thing, I kept hearing people say, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe they can't, you know, maybe they're selling themselves short. Maybe they can't, maybe they have no talent. Maybe they're great with numbers. I don't know, the mind works differently in different people, we're wired differently. Yeah. That's on them to figure out. But when I heard that, what I interpreted was, it's kind of my duty then, you know, Mm. I have to, you know, because I can, I have to. Mm. And, you know, I I explain this to people like, if you saw Michael Jordan in high school and you saw this kid, you know, young, handsome, talented, charismatic, just, and balling, you know, way ahead of his, you know, uh, way ahead of his time, just like killing it. Um, Cause the man was talented, uh, is talented. Um, If you saw this, and then you watched his progression of life towards, you know, say fast forward five, six, you know, maybe a full decade out of high school and you're keeping up with him, but he kind of went another direction. He's just kind of hitting the bars and, you know, partying, you know, and, and just being like a wild one and just kind of wash, rinse, repeat. 
living with no purpose and just pissing on this beautiful gift he was given of talent and athleticism, you know, it's like, how would you feel? You know, like, would you, would you respect the man? And personally, I would say, no, I'd say, man, you know, if I had what you had, I would have taken it to the moon and back and you're just wasting it. Yeah. So in that mindset, I started thinking a little bit and was like, all right, like, that's kind of where I am. So I honestly make it up for lost time. And I picked up art and I just, I got to it, man. All right. So I love that story that, that you were just telling us, Chris, you know, I, um, it's interesting when you think about, I've been listening to another podcast recently. Uh, it's actually a podcast called Win Make Give, and it's actually in the industry that I'm in. Um, well, it's, it's, it's presented by some big um, real estate folks out of Washington. And this whole week, the podcasts are about failures, right? And it's talking about failing being what it takes to actually succeed, right? That without the failures, that you're not able to succeed. And so they told this story that I thought was really, really interesting. It was an art class, right? Funny enough, we're having this discussion today, okay? <laughs> and and the, the, the instructor gave the students, <clears throat> broke them in half, right? Let's call them 10 students, okay? Five and five. Five of them were gonna get graded on sheer quantity. They were making pots, they were making clay pots. And 50 pounds or more was an A, 40 pounds or more was a B, 30 pounds or more was a C and so on, right? Then the other group, the other group was graded sheerly on appearance. And so an A was to have an absolutely perfect pot, right? And then of course a B, slightly imperfect, so on and so forth. So they go through the, uh, the, the, the um, project and at the end of it, believe it or not, the best result, the best looking pots came out of the group of the people that were being graded on weight. And when they went back and they examined it, they were able to extrapolate that the reason being was that one of them were focusing on strategy on how to make something perfect while the other one was failing over and over and over and getting a little bit better time after time after time. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Just like failure, yeah. right? Like we have to fail and we have to have these things that happen to us in our life. Otherwise we don't have the opportunity to grow, right? You're big into fitness. You know what it actually means to build muscle it's not actually that you're building muscle. It's actually that your body is repairing damaged muscles. And that's how you actually build muscle. Well, yeah. same thing with our mind, same thing with our life. We're growing and getting better by repairing damages, i.e. failures that we have. Huh. Yeah. I like that, man. Cause that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, they definitely failure. Failure sucks, right? It sucks mm -hmm. in the moment. Yep. But it, it's kind of like how long do you want to let it suck? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, emotions, you can't control those. So feeling like you feel the initial emotion, like that hurts. But if you turn that into like, don't go there again, it can become your best friend, you know, yeah. like your best teacher. Um, no, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? I mean, that's the idea is that sometimes failure is so necessary because it helps you to realize where you never want to go again. Yeah, 100%.
right? And, and without that, you may not know. And so maybe down the road, you might actually have more to lose. So life is doing you a favor by helping you to fail then before you have too much to lose that maybe you can't rebound, right? And also yeah. the idea is that, you know, we're always on a daily basis losing at something, but the only thing that actually makes us lost is if we don't get back up, right? Like you said, like it sucks, but how long are you going to spend there? Well, that's exactly yeah. right. You know, and who do you have around you? Who do you have in your life that help to like pull you forward and say, Hey, let's dust you off a little bit here. It's cool. I know who you are as a person. This isn't you, that mistake that you were making. That's just who you were at the moment. That's not who you are at the core. And then yeah. being able to help pull you through that. Right. So when you were going through some of these hard times, was there somebody like that in your life that was helping to kind of dust you off and remind you of who you were? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I, as I started to change, you know, I started to find myself. I mean, it's, it reminded me, um, I can't remember the author who put this into uh, words, but uh, they say, uh, you know, sometimes it feels like every day is just the same thing over and over again. But if you look back two years, you realize everything has changed. Yeah. And, and that happens. Uh, and I think it's because, you know, yeah, the immediate responses, media gratifications, those are the most recognized. But if you take a step back and you look back over a, a period of time, um, you could realize that some, some things might have happened like subconsciously. Uh, I, I just realized that I, you know, I guess just based on my focus and what I was looking at in life and looking for in life, um, it, it started to change my circle up a little bit. Um, now I have my day ones, you know, I have ridernized my life that I grew up with um, that, you know, are whatever course we take in life, we will always be a part of each other's lives. Um, and I'm adamant about that. But hell, I even ran into complications there. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. telling some people, um, hey, I, I found myself in this weird spot in life. And uh, I, I think I'm going to pursue a career as an artist. And a lot of, you know, it was out of love. And I look back and I realized it was out of love, but like a lot of, hey, think this one through, huh? You know, you know, uh, are you sure? You know, you, you think you can sustain that? Like I, and, and the love behind it was, I love you so much. I don't want to see you fail. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say, proceed with caution. And some people will outright say that's a terrible idea and that's fine. You know, mm -hmm. and, but it was like, you know, I had to I, carry on, but my circle changed in a sense that, um, yeah, it, it happened without even my full knowledge or awareness that it was occurring in front of me. Yeah. Um, and when I look back, I realized I, I, my priorities changed and I started to align with people who had similar priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, it was, um, for example, when I first started out, you know, paying, nobody's going to pay me for, uh, you know, how do you convince someone, Hey, I have these spray paint cans in my bag. <laughs> give me, uh, you know, give me a few stacks and let's do something dope on the, uh, inside of your home or, a, a place you have a, a club that you're an owner of and have a lot of money invested, like get yeah. out of here, you know? Yeah. So I had to start doing it at dirt cheap and like climb. Um, I knew in my head and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. So to this day that I at least had that, uh, knowledge and like awareness of myself and at least belief in myself mm -hmm. that even if I could just convince someone to cover my costs, you know, say I got $200 in paint, just give me 200 bucks. We'll do something. Give me a shot. If you hate it, I'll roll it, grab a paint roller and hit it, you know, just mm -hmm. get rid of it. Um, but I knew that if enough people saw that, 
and I can get my name out there, you know, make that sure that signature's big as hell. And <laughs> if you think someone's gonna be taking a picture in front of it, put it on the gram, best right. believe I'm, you know, putting my signature in a, a, a well thought out spot. Yeah. I knew that it would happen. So that started to work, you know, and, and people started as the demand went up, then my prices could go up. Yeah. And it started to like come to fruition. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, you know, with that being said, it was just like, that was the, the growth, uh, that I needed. Um, it was slow. It was, you know, crazy to a lot of people. It was sometimes crazy to me, but I guess when we talk about, you know, like the, the failure and the circles you align with, um, there was times I remember, uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm drawing a blank trying to recall this. It was a little while ago now. I remember slaving away on a, a mural that I was not satisfied with, right? I, it was not to my standard. Now, this was early on. Um, you know, I think what they were paying me wasn't even going to cover rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was a big piece, you know, and I would already spent probably four days, you know, 16-hour days on this thing. I'm exhausted. I'm forgetting to eat. I'm forgetting to sleep. I'm tunnel vision on this. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of expressing some frustration to someone close to me, um, someone that I, you know, is still close. I'm loving the door, but maybe just a slightly different vision. And they, they, you know, kind of said something like, well, don't kill yourself. Remember, they're only giving you this much. Mm. And that right there was like, I knew that that was the direction I could never go. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I did that, that was going to like end all of this because at the end of the day, I'm putting my name on that. And this isn't an about, this paycheck this is about what this represents of me this is my public portfolio Mm. you know this is if i am relentless on this and i bring it to my standard not what the paycheck standard is then it will benefit me in the long run Mm. and like that's i think where the passion comes in that's i think where the the discipline comes in um you know yeah talent that's great you know that's 20 percent of the job done maybe the rest is the hard work and at that point, it's like, if you start doing the math and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm actually losing money on the amount of time and effort I'm putting into this, the, the cost of supplies, whatever. And you throw in the towel and say, ah, it's good enough. I'm, I'm just glad I didn't go that route because that, that would have buried me. I love that you shared that. And I hope that everybody really, really rewinds and goes back and listens to that again, because there's some real gold in that. And I, and, and I have stories multiple stories talking with people similar stories now they're not in the same realm that you are as far as personal talent doing it but even in the realm of business of like oh well it's a small for instance i'm in real estate right so i'll hear sometimes people say things like whatever it's just a rental still your work right your Mm -hmm. name is on it (laughs) that's still your work you know don't don't cut it short because you're devaluing the amount that you're getting paid for value yourself first and it's like zig ziglar says if you do more for the things that you get paid to do ultimately you'll get paid more for the things that you do hell yeah i like that right because that's exactly it like there are times in life where you must put in much more than what you're being rewarded for yet ultimately (laughs) the universe is going to give that back to you Mm -hmm. yeah so i hope everybody heard that out there i mean that's that's huge he don't settle in just whatever it is. It's fine. I mean, you can do that. Just know that you're probably never going to reach 
the status that you say that you're trying to reach, right? And I think you're doing a really good job of making sure that your video matches your audio. That's something that I like to use a lot as well. It's, I, I didn't make it up and I can't remember who said it first, but I loved it and I grabbed it. But that's something that I say to people a lot when we're having these hard conversations. It's like, you're saying that you want X, Y, and Z, but you're doing A, B, and C. So your video is not matching your audio. How do you ever expect to get X, Y, and Z if you're not doing what you're saying you're doing, right? No different than, you know, in a relationship. Oh, I really, really love you, honey, but I'm going to go cheat on you over here. Or yeah. I really, really want to be a good dad, but I'm going to work 15 hour days and never see my kid. Yeah. Got to make sure that you're being true and, and that you're, you have integrity with what it is you're saying. So I love that. Love that. Yeah, Thank you for sharing that. man. Honesty with self. I mean, and it's, <laughs> It's funny, too, because we live in a strange time, man. I mean, it gets twisted real quick. You know, I'm, uh, you see the quote thrown around, uh, uh, comparison is the, the biggest thief of joy. Hmm. It's true, man. Um, you know, I, I think about this one instance. Um, yeah, obviously, social media is involved. And it's, it's uh, sometimes, especially for a small business, I mean, it's a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a... Uh, it, it's a, it's a cunning, conniving little thing. Mm. And I, I can recall, I did a mural uh, in, um, right by uh, Easter Market. Mm -hmm. um, and it's big. Uh, and this was, this was maybe two, a little over two years ago now, probably. And it's funny because at the time, the stuff that I'm not sharing with the public, I was working three part-time jobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to rewind a little bit when I was talking about being that regional, uh, like, you know, overseeing manager mm -hmm. that I thought I was the man. Um, yeah, I still think that, but you know, <laughs> I think I had my vision was, was not, not aligned with what I actually believe. Um, so I actually <laughs> I got fired from that job <laughs> okay. and I, I went down, uh, you know, cleared my head, uh, down in Belize for a little bit, took a little sabbatical, came back and was like, you know what? I had a job offer as a GM. I turned it down, you know, cause that was, that was fear. You know, that was fear to steer me towards the benefits, the salary, all those things, you know, um, freelance work is, is, is scary. You know, mm -hmm. I, you want to take on another car payment. Like you don't even know how much money you make. Like one mm -hmm. month, you know, it, it could be this, you know, next month, you know, you're wondering if you're going to pay your bills, who knows? Um, and, and it was just funny because yeah, this wasn't really my highlight reel. I don't want to mm -hmm. tell people I'm working three part-time jobs. I want, people to see my stuff at this point that I'm sharing on social media and say, this artist is killing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, it's our highlight reel. And it was funny because, um, through some networking, I got this gig, uh, they couldn't pay me much. They could actually only pay me $300, which covered my paints. Mm -hmm. This was a mural I did by myself. Uh, it is two stories. It's about a 25 foot anatomical heart. Wow. Um, and, after I got fired, after I cleared my head, I, I, I ran from the salary jobs. I ran from the benefits. I jumped back in the trenches. I mean, the beauty of having bartending under your belt is like, you, it's a vocation, man. I mean, every city needs you. You can always find work. Mm -hmm. um, even in like the toughest of economic times, you can still thrive as a bartender. I mean, it's a necessity, like a plumber yeah. or a carpenter, right? Yeah. So I utilized that. You know, I, I didn't want to do it forever, but I utilized that. I jumped back in the trenches. I'm working three part-time gigs. I'm single. I'm broke. I got, you know, it, not a lot to show for, but I'm chasing this, you know, dream. 
And I remember I, I completed the mural. It was hilarious. I get out there. <clears throat> I'm an amateur. I still am an amateur. Always learning, right? And <clears throat> I just remember thinking, how the hell am I supposed to get up here? You know, like this massive wall, <laughs> like in this really narrow alleys. I went down to this hardware store, ended up finding the delivery dude, you know, and was like, dude, I'll give you, because I looked at the prices. They were crazy for like a rental of a 30-foot ladder. It was like $80 a day plus yeah. like $10 transportation. Man, I found a cat in the loading dock, and I said, I'll give you 40 bucks right now. If you can throw that ladder on, I'm three blocks this way. I need you to drop it off. I could be done with it tomorrow by, like, noon. Is that straight? He said, I'm about to just go out, run orders. I got you. Um, I think I found one, but I was like, I think, uh, I think I was a little bit too much of the man. It was like, I picked up the ladder and was like, I got to walk 10 blocks this yeah. thing? It's crazy, <laughs> you know? So here we are. I'm already cutting into my... My profit margin, I get a $300 stipend for supplies. I think mm. I kept my paints at like 200 so I could pocket 100 you know, just trying to make ends meet. And now mm -hmm. I'm showing off 40 just because, yeah, I don't have the wind in me to, to carry this thing down. By any means necessary, we found a way, you know, there's a will, there's a way. You know, I so I, we made it happen. I got everything I need. And I spent, you know, on minimal sleep, you know, working these, you know, late night bar gigs at three different bars in town. Um, I found time to get out there and bang out this mural. And it was just me and this mural. Um, I wish I had one of the little Fitbit or something uh, like, or a little things that mark your steps on my ankle or something, because I must've gone up and down just me and this 30 foot ladder, you know, a thousand times, man. You know, it's just literally up and down that thing. And I think I just went 12 hours straight. Wow. And, you know, it's like the little adjustment. Then you get to the top and you find out, oh, man, it's still an awkward point. <laughs> oh, Calm down, move this thing again. And the reason behind this whole story, though, is just like, it was just funny because the way I was portraying myself, I'm not going to add that stuff. Mm. It's a cool story. And I love, you know, Very. being able to open up about it here. But at that point, I just wanted to show people, uh, you know, I'm out here doing it. Yeah. And took a picture upon completion i was satisfied with it i loved it and i was really proud of myself shared it you know people showing love um and i remember somebody reached out to me and was like oh my god man like you were just killing it right now and i believe that you know and i and i, I respected them for saying that and they're like it's crazy like i they said something along the lines of like i wish i had your life and I, that made me feel something, but it made me feel like a multitude of things, you know, like one, thank you very much. It's a huge compliment. But two is like, I, in a weird way, it was like, if you knew what I was actually doing and like what it was requiring of me physically and mentally, I don't know if I like would have done it myself had I known what I was getting into. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. You know, it was like, sure. And it was just like my portrayal was one thing, but in reality, like, I was, like I said, I was, I was single. I was broke. I was antisocial, you know, all because I had this tunnel vision on something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was agonizing, you know, to tell you the truth, like, and it still is at times. Yeah. But I was, the juice was worth the squeeze. Mm -hmm. And it was just funny because, you know, yeah, I mean, beauty of social media, the way I was putting it up was, you know, Johnny cool out there shirtless on a summer day, you know, just loving life spraying, but it's like, you have no idea of like the exhaustion I felt, you know, all the yeah. things I can't put that into this, you know, photo, nor do I want to. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was just funny to me, you know, cause it was just like how, how 
twenty percent of the truth is actually portrayed on this uh, th- this you know avenue of information sharing. But the, the reality of it all was very different. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that's more often than not, and I think a lot of people get caught up in that, right? And there, there's a saying that I use a lot that, again, I, I heard from somebody else, every saying you'll ever hear me say, I'm not intelligent enough to come up with it myself. I just like to remember <laughs> stuff. So the, the, the saying is, um, don't compare your insides to somebody else's outsides. Yeah. Right? Because you have no idea what that story is, right? And, you know, in business and, and in anything that we're doing, I think that happens a lot. Like we go, oh man, I, like your friend or the person that sent you that, I wish I had his life. And then you go, no, you probably don't, right? Yet for you, it is the right life, right? Because, you know, it's true that if you want something that nobody else has, you'll have to do things that nobody else will do. And not everybody's willing to do, even if they had the talent that you have, maybe they would not be willing to do that, right? Yeah. Some people may let pride get in the way and say, I'm not doing that, there's no money, or I'm not doing that, it's too much work or whatever it might be. And they may be missing all that growth through that journey of doing it and learning it. Because when you, as you continue to grow and as you'll continue to grow, you will, you will respect it so much more because of those hard times that you, that you went through and that you did. I believe yeah, so anyway. For sure. Right. And there's another, I, I, um, I forgot to bring it up before, but when you were saying that friend of yours was like, man, don't, don't do that. You can't do that. Are you sure you want to do that? Or you might want to rethink that. You could probably find the clip. Maybe Marcus will find it and put it, put it on the show notes, but there's a clip of Jay-Z. Jay-Z's having an interview and Jay-Z's like, People told me, man, you'll never sell a hundred thousand records. And he's like, I've done sold a hundred thousand records a hundred thousand times. Right. He's like, don't tell me I can't do it. No, you can't do it. Don't tell me what I can't do. Right. And I love that because yeah. you know, that's exactly right. But you have to know who you are inside. You got to come to that self-realization and understand that no, you're gonna do it, you're gonna manifest it, you're gonna persevere, you're gonna push through, you'll do it. And when people say, no, you can't do that. Oftentimes they're just looking in their own mirror, not realizing it. And then they're just letting that out on you, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're letting their garbage out on you. Like you said, though, not with malice intent, even in this clip, Jay-Z was like, my uncle was saying this. I know my uncle loves me. It's not like he said it with any malice. He just had no idea. He couldn't wrap his mind around what it is where, and now look where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a, I think those are all really good lessons. I think this is I knew this was going to be an awesome conversation with you because I knew that you were going to be able to share a lot of these types of things. But I think for people listening, it's going to be really powerful because, you know, we're not talking about, oh, Chris is making a million dollars a year as an artist. We're talking about Chris is doing something he really loves and he's feeling very successful while doing it in his own way. And yet there's all these lessons that are being unpacked inside of it that you've experienced. So I appreciate you sharing those with us. So yeah, yeah, man, happy to do so. So who was Chris as a kid, man? Where'd you grow up? Um, let's see. I was born and raised in Reston, uh, Virginia. Um, you know, small apartment, graduated to a town home. Parents put the money together, moved me and my brother out to the sticks, um, out in Loudoun County. Mm. Um, I hated it first. I went from, you know, get on my bicycle and just jet set into all my friends' houses, you know, back, you know, when I was in Reston to, you know, looking out the window and just seeing pastures with cows and <laughs> dirt roads and, you know, fence posts and thinking this sucks. Um, I slowly embraced it, you know, 
I'm, I'm actually very – I take pride in my, my country roots now. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I learned to, you know, handle guns, ride four-wheelers, hunt, you know, stuff like that. You know, we weren't, you know, <laughs> just being reckless, you know, but doing it in a very different environment. Like, you know, young kids are going to do that regardless. Right. Um, and I just, yeah, like I adopted a few things. You know, I still like uh, a joke with people. You ever see those stupid videos of uh, – people throwing gas on a fire and the next thing you know they got a can of gas in their hand that's on fire yep yeah so us country boys know to use diesel fuel um mm. the fumes burn at different temperatures okay uh, so diesel fuel fumes have to be a lot hotter to actually ignite yeah. so for that reason you'll never run into a problem the fire alone unless you stand on the sun that fire is never going to get hot enough to ignite the diesel fumes to actually run back to the gas tank i've helped a few people out you know at uh uh, suburban bonfires or fire pits, rather. I've, sure. I've helped a few keep their porches and their property <laughs> intact. Oh man, I bet, I bet. I had a, I had a buddy. Um, I guess we're not really buddies anymore. He got pretty upset, but you know how it is when you're a teenager and something, something kind of messed up happens to your friend. Kind of that first instinct is to laugh, right, or like make a yeah. joke because <laughs> yeah. maybe you're in shock, right? So we we were at a party in high school and. Um, uh, we'll just call him Brian. Well, that's his name, Brian. Brian decided to light a cup of grain alcohol on fire. Yeah. And, and I don't remember exactly what, but he stomped on it for whatever reason. I don't know if he was trying to put it out or what, but when he did that, it splashed everywhere and the fire stayed with it. I know, right? Like you're laughing too. Everybody listening, I swear, I don't think this is funny anymore. It's Chris's reaction that's making me laugh here. So it ends up all over the garage door because we're in the we're in the front yard of this person's house and it lands on him as well. And obviously it's like burning. And all I can remember is like being seriously like worried, but also we're all, you know, a little drunk and we're teenagers and so cracking up like crazy. And we're and I just remember like stop, drop, and roll, but while laughing, feeling terrible, right? And man, he didn't talk to me for months. Like he wouldn't talk to me for months. Hey, you give him sound advice though. I, mean, that's I did give him works. sound advice. I did, right? All those, all those PSAs, those, those commercials growing up, they work. Stop, drop, and roll if you ever get yourself on fire. Yeah, but I'll tell you, man, fire, fire is a heck of a scary thing, but that's a good tip. So anybody out there that's doing crazy stuff, use diesel fuel, don't use regular gas. And Romy, real quick on the topic though, uh, another reason I laughed is, you know, just so everyone knows, you were my boss at yeah. uh, chapter of my life. Uh, so I can admit to you now, I made that same mistake uh, as a bartender and I lit your bar on fire. <laughs> well, I was, I think I was throwing him back. My buddy came in and I was, you know, trying to show him, oh yeah, this is a flaming Dr. Pepper. And that thing splashed, I blew it out. And man, did that thing reignite so fast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, you're lucky you didn't burn down the old restaurant because if you're talking about Teddy and the Bully Bar, the amount yep. of poly coat that was on top of that bar. Oh <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man? Shout out to Maggie O'Neill, another local DC artist, and, and her team. They did a beautiful job beautiful with that. Spot. Yeah, beautiful spot. But that entire bar, I mean, I was there from, from the beginning when they were building it. And I remember they painted it with that really cool color. And then they did one coat and then another coat. I mean, we're talking probably an inch and a half of poly was on that sucker. So oh, yeah. thank God it didn't get hot enough to get into <laughs> that because that would have gone up like a like a torch too. Oh man. So uh, listen, you had a couple cool books uh, here on, on, on your info sheet when you sent it over. What is this oh, yeah. Zen to Done book all about? Uh, all right. So Zen to Done, I got on a whim, uh, recommendation from a friend. Um, 
I got it from uh, actually this dude, Scott Parker. Um, he's actually been a, a huge supporter of me. Um, you know, he's hired me for multiple jobs. He owns a bunch of uh, bars, restaurants, boxing gyms, barber shops, mm. dog kennels. I mean, oh, wow. the, kid, the kid's brilliant. I say kid, I mean, he's older than me, but in terms of like where he at, is at with his success in his career uh, at, at this age, yeah, I, I say the term kid. Um, he turned me on to it. Um, he, he's a, a one of those humans that is just adamantly chasing knowledge. Um, and I respect that about him. Um, one thing I respect about him is his brilliance of organization. Now, I've always kind of laughed uh, about the contradiction, uh, you know, of making it uh, as an artist, you know, making art your career. Um, I could be wrong. Personally, I'm a big fan of science and I, I, I have a huge belief in like hemispheres of brains and what's activated and where our strengths lie and, and where they are, where our weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer from myself and the people that I've interacted with that have this raw talent for art, that they are disheveled and their organization is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I personally uh, thrive with no schedule. I love to shoot from the hip and I love to just kind of like roll the punches and, you know, take it day by day. If the challenge shows up, make it happen. I don't like yeah. time frames, nothing like that. I'm not saying that these are benefits I'm trying to hold on to. I, <laughs> I do these more or less as character defects um, and the beauty of being human. Uh, we can chase knowledge and we can correct these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to just roll over and just say like, oh, that's, it is what it is. Yeah, I suck at it, but that doesn't mean I can't get, you know, manageable level with it. So Zenda Dunn was uh, recommended to me by this gentleman, Scott Parker. Um, yeah, I should probably be telling you the author's name, but it doesn't come to mind right now. The book's sitting inside of my nightstand. Um, so I don't have it with me, but uh, it's kind of just a, a simplicity. Um, you know, there are days where it's like you're yelled at your phone and you're just like, come on, man, like stop texting me. And it's just, that person might just be saying, what's up? You know, like yeah. it's all love, man. Mm-hmm. And you're just mad because you're busy and you might, you know, told yourself the night before I'll be out the house by 830. And, you know, you're still brushing your teeth after your sixth cup of coffee at 10 a.m. And you haven't mm-hmm. left yet. And, you know, that's all you. So this is kind of like a little breakdown of like things in there have helped me tremendously. Like I used to say, OK, these things are going to complete the day. Mm-hmm. I put like 15 things on that list, <laughs> you know, like oh, you're going to knock out a canvas just because you love that friend of yours. And you're just going to, you know, section off, you know. Uh, 10 hours of your day, you're going to take no breaks, you're not going to lose focus, and you're going to have the discipline to do it. Just 10 hours straight there, you're going to finish a canvas, then you're going to get to the post office, don't worry, you'll get to the gym and your grocery shopping. And it's like, after a while, it's so overwhelming that you look back on your day and you're like, Oh, my God, like, I hate myself. I just scrolled Instagram and, you know, chain smoke cigarettes and drink coffee all day. You know, (laughs) I've, I've accomplished nothing. So this book helped me a lot because that was my way, you know, and okay. it was, it was starting to eat me up. Yeah. And this one is just kind of like, be real, you know, be honest with yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So now I do two, maybe three things if I'm feeling, you know, productive mm-hmm. and that's my list for the day, you know, and it's just restructuring things to kind of think like, you know, when they say Rome wasn't built in a day, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. One bite at a time. Okay.
Are you still there? Yeah, we're here. Sorry, I got a phone call. No worries. Um, but yeah, it's like my mother used to always tell me, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And mm. I went from kind of living like uh, that old cartoon. I don't know where it even came from. I always think it's like some old French cartoon, but it's like a guy with like all these plates on sticks spinning. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like it's one starting to go over and he's like trying. It's just like this whole balancing act. I feel like that was me day in and day out. Mm. And now I just kind of feel more like, uh, you know, I'm sitting down in front of this hunk of marble trying to make a sculpture. And every day it's just getting chipped at. Mm. I like the latter. You know, I like yeah. that kind of it, you're just constantly picking away at it. Um, and it just helped me restructure things and kind of I think the Zen aspect is like the amount of mental space it opens to, you know, find some, you know, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, now a new career of being like a personal organizer, mm -hmm. but I needed a little bit of assistance. Zen to done helped me with that. Awesome. Um, simplicity, man. It's a, it's a pamphlet basically, but uh, each chapter might be, uh, you know, 20 pages, but yeah, man, it's just kind of just like breaks it down real simple. Um, I don't need complexity. I don't need to go to the container store and buy a bunch of Tupperware or anything. Like <laughs> I need more mental space so I can create, but yeah. like, yeah, it just helped me because my organization was, getting to a where bad yeah is that you know that's why it's like the you know the starving artist well it's like the contradiction is like you could alleviate so much if you just made this kind of flaw in your life like manageable mm. um yeah and it, it helped alleviate a lot of that burden um i still you know use the practice that it's one of the things you can pick up and then you know readdress because you know like most things you got to have kind of a daily reminder or else you're going to be back on your old, bull, your old bullshit in, you know, a week or something. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, you know, again, back to my my guy, Zig Ziglar, who I love to listen to all the time. Uh, you know, it, it, he he uses a great analogy where he's like, listen. Motivation and positivity is like showering and deodorant. If you don't want to stink in a few days, you have to do it consistently. Right. Yep. And I think people think all the time, like, oh, I'm going to pick up a book. I'm going to listen to it and I'll be motivated for the rest of the year. Uh, wrong. Not going to happen. Right. For you, man, I think a great book that would be a good follow up to that book. So uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papazan wrote a book called The One Thing. And it talks about exactly what you were saying, like just chipping away and like really focusing on that, what that one thing is for you. And then and then maybe just as a layer on top of that, just to help you like feel really good like that you're doing in the right thing. Cause that one thing, sometimes you have some limiting beliefs, like, but I feel like I should be doing more. Darren Hardy, the compound effect is an awesome book that just talks about the compounding effects, not just in money and in the stock market, but the compounding effects of habits that you form and that you do each day, right? Just like, I mean, again, you're into fitness. Do you get fat overnight? No, nope. I took on the pandemic. Right, like you, you get you you get you get fat over a year of bad eating yeah. habits, and or you drop twenty not overnight, right? So same yeah. thing. Yeah. All right, and so how about a book that's made like the most positive impact on your life? Um, the obstacle is the way. What's that about? So the obstacle is the way is actually about. Uh, Again, I'm terrible with the authors. You know, it's just like me being a bartender. I can remember your drink, but I can't remember your name, even though you've been <laughs> it, you know, twice a week for the last, you know, three years. Yeah. Um, the Obstacle is the Way is uh, a book focused on the uh, the Stoics. Uh, for those who are not, you know, uh, uh, fully aware of uh, 
what the Stoics are or who they are. Um, it, it's people like Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, um, people who really uh, had cognitive thought about what makes the man, how to master the mind and like discipline and mental discipline. Because um, I mean, this is, you know, we all got a gift between our ears and that gray matter is powerful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just like you don't want to put, you know, a nine-year-old kid who's never driven a car behind, you know, uh, the wheel of the Lamborghini, you don't want to be in the driver's seat if you don't have control or, you know, the ability to master your mind. Uh, and the Stoics, I mean, they, they were writing things and saying things that we still apply to our everyday life. And they were doing it, you know, in the BC days, you know, mm -hmm. fighting, you know, massive wars for 15 years on end, living in tents, fighting with swords and still, you know, focusing on, you know, and putting into words, how can I, uh, you know, not be bothered by what someone says about me or something mm -hmm. like that? You know, how can I be free of the fear of what people might say of me? Those kind of things, um, you know, the, the self-doubt and the, uh, you know, judgment and things like that still you know that long ago we're still focused on like how can i eradicate that and master my mind to not even go there um so what this book is about is a focus on those men's writings probably marcus aurelius's meditations um and what they do or what this author has done um has taken major figures through uh probably american history and shown how they have been shining examples of this highly, highly developed mental discipline. Um, you know, the wrongfully accused incarcerated boxer, the hurricane, um, you know, how he did not, you know, here you got a man in, you know, a, a time, I mean, maybe not even, you know, a time that's fully eradicated, but, you know, a time period where a bar got shot up, you know, we got witnesses saying one thing, but we also got, you know, uh, a, a black male in the same vicinity. Uh, let's just close this case and put it on him. Yeah. You know, lack of evidence, all that. They, you know, put him in there, threw away the key. When he came out, he didn't walk around with a chip on his shoulder. He didn't, you know, seek, you know, just the rest of his life to attain revenge. He wanted to get back to living. Mm -hmm. You know, this was something he couldn't control. It was bullshit and it sucked but his strength and his mental discipline came from the fact that i'm not gonna let you have me you know yeah. like my life is worth too much to me to let you you know take my joy you know take mm. my peace um you know teddy roosevelt to that book uh you know coming as uh, a man who was born into the world uh you know with asthma uh physical ailments and through that pushed himself into now he was a you know he was a the Teddy Roosevelt we think of is this gregarious mountaineer that, you know, wanted to go on African safaris and hunt the biggest game, you know, known to man. Yeah. Um, things of this nature. So he, he applies these practices of mental discipline and pairs it with very interesting icons of predominantly American history um, who have utilized this and, and, and just says, you know, this is it. And if you man up or woman up, you know, you can, you can be like this too. Uh, you know, it, it's simple, but it ain't easy. Mm. But if you work at it, the, the payoff is exceptional. I love um, that. Yeah. It's kind of like um, you build up this armor, I guess. It was, yeah. um, I'm picking that one up next. 
Yeah, there's one that Pictetus says. The Pictus is uh, one of, if I'm pronouncing that right, he's one of the Stoics, and he said, uh, who then is invincible? And it says, the man who is unbothered by anything outside his reasoned choice. Mm. So if he didn't necessarily make that call, you know, hey, Chris's art sucks. I don't like, well, I didn't ask you to say that about me. I didn't, you know, choose to, you know, like, I don't believe that. So mm. you can say, you can do what you will, but it's like, I can't let that in because I don't believe it, you know, and it, it's just like that mental armor. Um, yeah. But yeah, obstacles the way is uh, is fascinating. Just kind of I love that back against the wall and you know come out swinging. Everybody, you should pick that up. You know that that's been a theme a lot uh, in in my life over the last probably year. There's a there's another podcast that I listen to and I've referenced this gentleman quite a bit. Um, I actually look up to him quite a bit in in my industry of real estate. And his name is Adam Hergenrother, and he does this podcast called called Business Meets Spirituality. Um, and, and it's a really, really good podcast, like short 30 minute, you know, bits, um, but, but really, really good. And he talks all about, talks about often about this, this theory of like just surrendering, right? And like, you know, they talk through it a lot because a lot of people struggle with that word surrender, thinking that it means like you just give up and you just let anything happen to you and blah, blah, blah. But what he's really getting at is that what you just said, like just understanding that like you you have to be whole inside. You have to be good inside. You have to be happy inside. Like your, your well-being needs to come from within. And until it can come from within and anything that happens on the outside can't permeate into your okayness, that, that you still got some work to do. Because, you know, so many of us on a regular basis, especially in the, in the world of social media, right? Like we're looking for outside stuff to make us feel good, right? Like even even, I mean, gosh, I've been guilty of it, right? Like you're working, you're working, you're working. Like, I just need a vacation. I just can't wait for this vacation. That vacation is going to make me all better. And the thought there is like, well, why can't you just be good and then go and really enjoy that vacation? Because guess what? If it's the vacation that you need, that's going to make you good. It's going to be a short lived good. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And uh, okay. it's also, I think one of those things, like it's a balance, you know? Um, you know, there's some pit bulls out there, there's some real extreme ones. You know, I, I love his stuff, but uh, David Goggins. Yeah. You know, and the guy's insane. He's you know, insane. I'm it outright. He's insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I, I still find myself going to this insane man and listening to him yeah. and, and utilizing principles and, and, and his perspectives on things in my mm -hmm. life. Yeah. But it, it, it's a balance for real. You know, I mean, it's, you got to let yourself be human too, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure David Goggins isn't against that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if you have an emotion or if, if you haven't slept in a while because you've been grinding or, you, you know, you haven't had a bite to eat. I mean, we're still organic creatures. That stuff yeah. affects us. Yeah. And whether we like to believe it or not, I have plenty of times in my life where I, you know, I, I joke and I'm like, I wish I was a robot so I wouldn't have to eat or sleep. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I'm saying that jokingly because uh, I love being human because it allows me to do what I do. Robots yeah. can't do that. Um, right. But yeah, you know, it's like sometimes you got to be human. If you get frustrated, if you throw fit or you have self-doubt, you know, like you can't go on the extreme end and beat yourself up over that, you know, brush it off, understand. Yeah, well, I'm a human, you know, it's just, you yeah. know, that brain is trying to keep me safe. But like, I think we I, I think we can do this. So let's push on, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a good point, right? Like the brain, the brain is designed to keep the human body safe, right? The brain is a tool. It's a CPU. 
and now we're getting a little deep, but you know, there's, there's the train of thought that like there's a spirit inside of you and that the brain is a tool. And that when you begin to do things, maybe that, that aren't within your purpose and you're starting to suffer, it's because you're starting to listen to the brain and the brain is utilizing the training that it's gotten that you've poured into it all this time versus actually listening to you, the spirit behind the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. So not to get too deep with everybody out there, but it's something that I've begin, been in, exploring a little bit more. And, and when you start to ask those questions, I think that's when you you may not solve it, but at least you're you're present. Right. So if you have like a like I have certain triggers that react, like even my wife and I got well, we didn't get into an argument this time because I actually was able to respond it and recognize it. But, you know, for me, once something and you probably remember this from restaurant, like a messy place drives me nuts. Like it's my trigger. It sets me off. Why is the bar a mess? Your service, your station looks like trash, right? I'm the same at home. Why does the kitchen look like this? There's trash all over the place, right? And so I'm like feverishly cleaning everything. And she's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I'm frustrated. I'm not mad at you. I'm just really frustrated that the kitchen is a mess again. It's a trigger yep. for me. I finally realized that it's a trigger. I'm, I'm living in it and allowing it, but I'm not allowing it to now go out and affect everything else. Whereas maybe a month ago, it might've been a fight and now Thursday night was ruined with me and the wife. Yeah. Right. Now I'm feeling. Cool, man. Well, listen, this, this has been incredible. I think that people are going to love this. They're going to learn a lot from it. And I think they're going to take a lot of nuggets away from this. So we super, super duper appreciate you being here. Where can everybody find you at? Where can they go see all your amazing art? Um, right now, uh, websites in the works, uh, but for the time being, I would direct everyone towards uh, my Instagram. Uh, it's at Lynch Got Lost. Um, little blue icon is my avatar. Christopher Lynch is my name, so find that one. It says Christopher Lynch under it. That's me. Um, underscores between Lynch Got Lost. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm putting everything up there, man. Commission work, uh, you know, stuff I just do on rainy days. You know, when I feel like the walls are closing in, I run around and, you know, maybe throw something up on an abandoned building. No harm, no foul. So I posted <laughs> all my stuff up there. Okay. All right. That's beautiful. Awesome. And uh, we'll post in the show notes, all the links to the books and everything that you spoke about as well. And Chris, man, we really appreciate you being on uh, the Maverick, uh, Maverick Mindset podcast. So Maverick Nation, this has been my boy, Chris Lynch, the incredible artist and incredible human being. Thank you all so much. Catch us on the next show and make sure to hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much, everybody. Chris, love you, brother. All right, bet. Thank you, Romeo. Have a good one, man. Much love. All right, peace.